Welcome to the Christ-Centered Body Image Podcast. I'm your host, Sharissa. I'm an online nutrition coach and the founder of Christ-Centered Body Image, an in-depth course on body image from a biblical perspective. I love learning about the Bible, doing fitness, and helping people improve their eating habits. This podcast exists to share more information to those who are interested in learning about a God, Christ, and biblical perspective of the body. My hope is that the information and experiences shared here from myself and guests help you to change the way you view and relate to your body from God's perspective. Looking forward to having you on the show. Hi, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Christ-Centered Body Image Podcast. Today's episode is on the topic of diet culture. This may or may not be something you've heard of or are familiar with, but I think it's an important topic to talk about, especially as it relates to body image. And while I don't know, while I know, while I know about diet culture, I don't know everything. So again, this is going to be my humble attempt to try and share information and knowledge about this topic. And I hope that it might give some new perspective for those of you who are listening. So diet culture. This phrase might conjure up some image in your mind, but I want to first start with the word culture. So Wikipedia says that culture is an umbrella term which encompasses the social behavior, institution, and norms found in human societies, as well as all the knowledge, beliefs, arts, laws, customs, capabilities, and habits of the individuals in these groups. Culture is often originated from or attributed to a specific region or location. So I like this definition because it helps us to look at diet culture and diet culture then being an umbrella term that encompasses all the behaviors, beliefs, norms found in dieting. And dieting, as before giving uh, even a definition to dieting, is the efforts to change our eating habits to lose weight or to change our bodies. So if I were to use my own words to describe diet culture, it would be the culture in which people are fixated on or focused on food, eating, diets, exercise, their bodies, and focus on losing weight, changing their bodies, fixing their bodies. So at one point in my life, I was very, let's say, deep in diet culture, and I didn't realize I was. Uh, for me, I think I, it had like my habits and behaviors had the guise of health, but the thoughts and beliefs that were under my behaviors indicated you know, obsession, fixation, and unrealistic standards. But the fitness culture lends to diet culture and these thoughts and beliefs that we need to lose weight, be thin, fit, and also lends to the focus on restricting our eating, restricting foods, or certain ways of eating and certain foods as, you know, maybe good or better and other ways of eating. And foods are let's say demonized. Uh, a quick little also Google search, verywellfit.com gave this definition that diet culture is the pervasive belief that appearance and body shape are more important than physical, psychological, and general well-being. It's the idea that controlling your body, particularly your diet, by limiting what and how much you eat is normal. Yeah, that's another definition. Um, I also really love this definition. It's going to be kind of a long one. But Christy Harrison, she has a definition that really unpacks what diet culture is. And I love that she does this because she also mentioned that it's super important to do this because the term diet culture is thrown around a lot with very little unpacking. And so here is her definition. She says that diet culture is a system of beliefs that worships thinness and equates it to health and moral virtue, 
which means you can spend your whole life thinking you're irreparably broken just because you don't look like the impossibly thin ideal. Diet culture also promotes weight loss as a means of attaining higher status, which means you feel compelled to spend a massive amount of time, energy, and money trying to shrink your body, even though the research is very clear that almost no one can sustain intentional weight loss for more than a few years. Diet culture demonizes certain ways of eating while elevating others, which means you're forced to be hyper vigilant about your eating, ashamed of making certain food choices and distracted from your pleasure, your purpose, and your power. Diet culture oppresses people who don't match up with its supposed picture of health, which disproportionately harms those who don't match up to the picture of health. So her first point with her definition of diet culture is honestly what I think spot on, that it worships thinness and equates it to health and moral virtue. So have you ever felt like that judgment and if you don't look like that impossibly thin ideal that you're less than? I would honestly say that there are people that might not realize that they are under this mindset of diet culture. And they think by looking at someone, you can tell their level of even like motivation and that because you can see that someone is fit, that they are disciplined. And if someone wasn't fit, uh, what diet culture or fitness culture deems as possibly overweight, that they're judged based on how they look. And they might even be labeled as lazy, which isn't true. You cannot tell someone's status of health just by looking at them. People in thin bodies can be unhealthy. They can be sedentary and not have good eating habits. And people in larger bodies can be healthy because they they move a lot. Um, they might have really great cardiovascular health and other metabolic um, indicators that their health is good. And so behaviors are really the best and better indicators of someone's health and fitness than their, let's say, their physical body. And in the same line of thought as her second point in her definition, uh, that losing weight means higher status. And so you feel like you need to lose weight and keep the weight off to have that status, that higher status. But then also with diet culture, that might mean, of course, that if you aren't pursuing weight loss, that you are of a lower status, maybe seen as less than if you don't buy into these beliefs and behaviors. So do you ever feel that pressure? Maybe people haven't actually like said these things to you, but you probably feel like the pressure and the invisible force of diet culture because of, let's say, social media, even TVs, movies, magazines, whatever it might be. I would also say her definition is spot on and saying that diet culture demonizes certain ways of eating and elevates others um, and cause you to feel insecure and also hypervigilant about your food and eating choices. I definitely see this a lot, more or less in the battle of the diets. Uh, one person thinks that their way of eating is the way and the best way. And then others think theirs is. And there's even like animosity between different people who believe and practice like different things. And not only does, let's say, diet culture in this way that it demonizes certain foods and elevates certain foods and it makes you feel insecure about your eating your food choices, people also end up feeling the need to like justify their eating and their food choices. Um, and I think it might also make us just like hyper focus on other people's food choices too. So diet culture just does, yeah, it just creates so many like thoughts and beliefs that I would say are unhealthy, but she also has a point that diet culture is a system, it creates a system of oppression that harms anyone who doesn't match up with its assumed picture of health. And I really see how that can also be seen in people being like afraid of gaining weight and being fat. 
there is a person named, her name's Charlie, Charlie Castle, I believe is how you pronounce it. And she's a blog and podcast that's dedicated to intuitive eating for Christians. And she says that being fat is not a bad thing in and of itself. However, this cultural construct demonizes and oppresses people in larger bodies, resulting in a deep fear of weight gain for many. The fear and shame perpetuated by diet culture can make it difficult to accept our bodies through weight gain. But it's important to remember diet culture system of beliefs does not follow automatically from biology or physiology, but instead represents the ideas, biases, and practices of a group of people. Weight gain is a fact of life, and it isn't the death sentence our culture makes it out to be. Being fat or gaining weight does not define who you are as a person. Change your value as a human being or determine your health. But that foundation, you can learn how to accept your body through weight gain. And so I would totally agree that this idea of fat or being fat ends up being so emotionally charged. Uh, I personally try to be very neutral about it, change the words I use, and even change the story, if you will. For example, um, if you typically say things like, I am fat, try changing the words and thoughts to, I have fat on my body. Don't make it a label about who you are, um, but make it a more neutral thing that, okay, I have fat on my body and even, you know, changing the thoughts to, all right, having fat on my body is a, a normal and even necessary thing for being a female and for being healthy. That's just something that can be really helpful. Um, me personally, as I was gaining weight and my body was changing as I was healing my relationship with food, I definitely have to say I had to overcome this fear of gaining weight and even this fear of being quote unquote fat. And I remember as I was gaining weight and seeing my body change, I was trying to reframe my thoughts and have either more neutral thoughts or even just being saying like, hey, this extra like weight and this fat on my body means I'm healthy. It means that I get to have um, my body healthy enough so that I even honestly have a menstrual cycle. Being able to change that story and just have even more neutral thoughts. And I would even say the thoughts and beliefs about cellulite can get so emotionally charged. And I believe that it's helpful to be more neutral with those thoughts and change the story of those. Like there are so many ads and influencers telling um, you how to get rid of cell- cellulite. And then we internalize a story and belief that cellulite is bad. Whereas I would say that having cellulite is normal and common. A majority, like 80% of women have it. And it really doesn't matter like someone's size or shape, they can have it. And something that I personally do with trying to be more neutral with it, and it helps me. (laughs) And if it helps me, I guess that's a great, and maybe it can help other people too. But with having like different thoughts and beliefs on it and trying to like neutralize it, for me, when I think about cellulite, if I, when I like actually dig into and look into like what, like, let's say, but biologically, like cellulite, like actually is, is, the result of the way like our fascia uh, lays on top of fat cells like in our skin and it creates pockets and dimples. And so rather than having this emotionally charged story that it's bad or we're bad for having it, uh, trying to be more neutral and even just like finding out the reality of what it is and not letting, let's say, diet culture, you know, really create this emotionally charged thought and belief system around it. Something else that I noticed that happens with diet culture because of these thoughts of worshiping that it more or less like it worships thinness and equates it to health and moral virtue, or it promotes like weight loss as a means of higher status. But 
in so many ways, a diet culture is just so focused on the body, on how the body looks, on appearance. It's so fixated on the body, but also what it does is I've noticed that it whittles people down to just bodies. It whittles people down to just being something to be looked at, which is dehumanizing. It whittles them down to literally like nothing. That's honestly like, man, when you think about it like that, it's in a way sad. And it's in a way sad that diet culture can do the same thing to us in our minds. It whittles us down to just thinking about ourselves as just a body. There's so much more to us than that. Yes, um, we have bodies and bodies are part of who we are. If you go and listen to the podcast on what the Bible says about the body, you will learn more that it is a part of who we are and we can't be ourselves without our bodies, but whittling people down or ourselves to just our bodies, we're so much more uh, than that. But then something else that diet culture does is it really just harms people's relationship with food and eating so much. It talked about how certain ways of eating or foods are demonized. So, it, you know, diet culture causes us to label foods as good or bad, right or wrong. It places moral value on foods. So we see foods and um, as a result, like when we feel guilt or shame for eating the wrong foods. And then we also might label ourselves as good because we eat the good foods or we end up labeling ourselves or we are bad because we eat the bad foods. And so this really just creates such an unhealthy relationship and mindset and belief system towards food. And if our brains are getting these messages of diet culture for a long time, we might not even realize that these are our thoughts or our beliefs. We might be like blind to it, have a blind spot to it. But when we start to really think about these thoughts and beliefs, we realize just how unhealthy they are and also how, let's say, untrue if you are. And because when you step back and think about it, I always like give this example, um, like the difference between like an apple and apple pie. So it might label the apple as good and the pie as bad, but food doesn't need to have moral value. Um, and we don't need to have moral value based on what we choose to eat. Believe me, I think nutrition is important. And I believe, you know, having like choosing good foods a majority of the time is important, but that, and yes, that an apple, for example, has more nutrients. It has fiber in it than apple pie, but one isn't better than the other. One might make us feel better than the other, but there's no moral value placed on these like specific foods. And we should really be aware of when we're doing this and try to step away from doing this. So Colossians 2, uh, well, Colossians is a book in the Bible. Um, and Paul is talking to the church of Colossae where, you know, false teachings and heresy had come into the church and they're telling Christians that they had to like follow other rules and rituals to be saved, that it wasn't just putting their faith and trust and belief in Jesus Christ and his life and death on our behalf. They were adding a, let's say, a workspace mentality to their salvation. So in Colossians 2, 20 through 23, if you have your Bible, you can pull that out and go to Colossians 2, 20 through 23. And Paul says, if you died with the Messiah to the elemental forces of this world, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch. All these regulations refer to what is destroyed by being used up. They're commands and doctrines of men. Although these have a reputation of wisdom in promoting ascetic practices, humility and severe treatment of the body, they are not any value in curbing self-indulgence. But so... I just, the part of this verse where it says, like, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch 
is very similar to this belief in diet culture where there are foods that we shouldn't have and that there's foods that make us morally virtuous there, or if we eat the demonized foods that we are bad. Um, and so it creates this like, yeah, like I can't do this. I shouldn't do this. And then as a result, it creates just these really unhealthy like behaviors um, and even just emotions like with food that create, I would honestly say just so much like bondage. But also there are a lot of ways that diet culture ends up showing up in our lives and the lives of others and even the words of others. So like I ask you to think about honestly, yeah, what uh, diet culture beliefs you might have been influenced by and also how this shows up in your thoughts and beliefs in life. And again, I just say like as a whole, diet culture just causes many people to have a poor relationship with food and our bodies. But when you can kind of see uh, that system of diet culture, that belief system, it might help you open up your eyes to it and see how it might have influenced you. I think another example of this shows up in how, let's say, the fitness industry can lend to diet culture. So I see that is when people are talking about like food as fuel, food as being just fuel. I would agree that like fuel definitely gives us energy. We need to be fed to have enough energy to live. Uh, but it's sneaky and it really hurts our thoughts and our relationship towards food because if food was just fuel, I would argue that God wouldn't have designed us with taste buds to enjoy food. So I think that there can be a lot of danger when we start to think about food as just fuel because then we might start to go down this pathway of thinking things like, oh, like I shouldn't have that. That isn't fuel. That's not going to fuel my body. And so then you feel guilty if you're having that food that isn't fuel, whereas it's totally okay if you want to, you know, enjoy a finely crafted baked good from like your favorite bakery. I just even think about like the artistry of like the baker that goes into creating this pastry and the passion that goes into these like finely crafted like baked goods. Like they're a beautiful thing and we can enjoy them for sure. But then on the flip side of the coin, like Diet culture also causes us to be incredibly like restrictive and obsessive and excessive with our food. Like I mentioned, believe me, being a nutrition coach, I believe that health and nutrition is important. I believe like having good eating habits is important and that getting enough nutrients and vitamins and minerals is important, but diet culture can lead us to an extreme with food that is not healthy and cause us to have unhealthy behaviors that impact just our lives and even like our relationships. It can cause so much anxiety, like these food rules that we have, and then these food fears that it gives us can cause so much anxiety with foods and situations with food, like in social events that make, make us really hard for us to navigate and even be in those situations, which is really honestly heartbreaking. I can look back to times in my life where when I was struggling in my relationship with food and how it really harmed relationships I was in, I didn't realize it back then. And I didn't realize just the effects that dieting has on the the mind and just what it does to us and how it can just be it's just tough it's really really hard but also other ways that uh, diet culture shows up in life so the book intuitive eating points out these ways uh, which i think is really kind of just important to like see so they give an example of a young boy not eating his mother's homemade cookie that was packed in his lunch out of fear for what the kindergarten teacher would think Stranger commenting on your food choices. Strangers heckling a marathon runner because she's in a larger body. Exercise is framed as penance for what you eat and are about to eat. The pressure on new brides to lose weight for the wedding dress. Pressure on new mamas to get those bodies back. Incessant talk of food plans and diet nearly in every social realm from office, office cubicles to 
Even, she says, the church pulpit from the schoolyard to weddings as if it's normal. Nonstop dialogue and apologies for your body and what you're about to eat. I also love uh, that this book points out that there's nothing wrong with wanting to be healthy and to feel good. The problem is that diet cultures hijack the word health. Health has become synonymous with weight, losing weight or being lean, which ultimately restricts what you eat. The key will be shifting the focus to the practices that support health that are possible in a given person's life. Weight is not a practice or behavior. And I love that the, the, they point this out because um, that behaviors are what the focus should be on because I'm a huge proponent on this. This is what I love helping people with is develop the healthy or de- to helping people develop the practices and behaviors, to focus on behaviors, to focus on the process first and foremost. Uh, another thing that this book points out is that uh, the challenge in today's diet culture is that people don't value, let alone trust their body sensations. Um, diet culture causes us to eat based on externality, eat based on things according to rules and diet plans, which then also creates a disconnect from people's minds and their bodies. And personally, I'm an intuitive eater. I um, went through the steps outlined in this book uh, to get back in tune with my inner intuitive eater. But I also do pair that with you know fundamental nutrition skills that I've learned in my uh, nutrition studies. All that to be said is that this is what happens. Um, this is what diet culture can do. But then I also want to just touch on um, a few more things from a different book really quick that just kind of might just give you perspective on this thought and this belief system that diet culture can create. So the book More Than a Body has a chapter on reclaiming health and fitness for yourself. And quote from the book says that just like we need to um, we need to redefine health in ways that have nothing to do with beauty or appearance. It also says that as long as your ideas of health are defined by beauty ideals, you are set up for failure. The sad reality is, is that so much of the profit-driven fitness industry is equating looking fit with being fit, and it actually leads people away from better health. Uh, so I would kind of, in a way, like agree with that because just in so many ways, all these diet cultures creating all these thoughts and these belief systems around food and eating and these rules and these regulations, and it often ends up just giving us a completely unhealthy relationship with um, food and with eating and with fitness and with our bodies. Um, And then it completely skews our view on health and fitness. Like, believe me, I'm someone who does love health and with fitness, but I, and fitness, but I have to be very uh, careful of not letting my mindset and my beliefs slide back into that former way of thinking where I'm focusing on how my body looks or I'm focusing on um, weight loss. For me nowadays, more or less, my focus is on, um, I try to be I try to focus on just like movement for how it makes me feel. And I try to focus on, yeah, like that my body needs to be fed, but emphasizing foods that make me feel good in my body. I emphasize how I feel in my body. That's how how strong I feel in my workouts, how the workouts make me feel like good and improve my mood. And so the shift is really um, different. I try to be very, let's say, weight neutral. Um, I really try to practice neutrality when it comes to my body and have a healthy relationship with my body and a, let's say, even like a healthy body image. Uh, So anyway, uh, this is just some information about diet culture and how it skews our thoughts and our beliefs about food, eating, health, fitness, and ourselves. And I hope this information was helpful and that maybe it opened your eyes. Um, If you do want to learn more, you can do a Google search on the topic and you can also read those two books I referred to. The first was called Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resh, I could be pronouncing that wrong. The second book is More Than a Body by Lindsay and Lexi Kite. And um, I just hope that after hearing all this information on diet culture and how it affects how we perceive 
health and fitness, I want to leave you with a question. And that question is, where are you getting your thoughts and beliefs when it comes to food, eating, and nutrition? Do you notice any of the diet culture mentality in your life? And so again, I hope this was helpful. I hope that it gave you food for thought and some new perspective. Again, diet culture, I believe is an important topic to just like bring to light, uh, just to show how pervasive it can be. And then we don't even sometimes realize um, how we have fallen into these thought systems and these belief systems that really just create an unhealthy relationship uh, with food and with our body. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you for listening and tuning in to the Christ Centered Body Image Podcast.